0: Colossians chapter 4, Colossians chapter 4, I'll let you find it, and then I'll say a couple of things, and then we'll read in the fourth chapter of Colossians. When you get it, look this way, and I'll know you're ready. All right, I think you've met just about everybody. You met Will tonight when he introduced the video, and Cena just sang, and Mary played for Cena. Pat, would you stand up so they can see you? This is my wife, Mary. And we celebrated in December 56 years. Amen. Uh, yes, that's true. And uh, I was seven when we were married, <laughs> and Mary was uh, much younger, much, much younger. It's always great to be here at First Baptist. We love being here. I've been privileged to be here um, for many, many years, and it's great to be here. It's wonderful to see Dr. Peterson back, isn't it? It's just great to see him back. We prayed for him, and um, you did too, and the Lord answered our prayers. And it's great to see him back. We had a meal together last night, and he said he was 85% back. That's good because it's a serious thing. If, um, if Brother Averett ever gets sick, we don't want him to come back 85%. We want 100% change. That's what we want if, if he ever gets sick. So uh, maybe the Lord will provide that to us as well. How many of you folks have, n- oh, sort of, how many have been to the ranch? Can I see your hand? Wonderful, great. How many have never been to the Bill Rice Ranch? Can it's embarrassing, isn't it? Yeah. It's embarrassing. You're here, you claim to be Christians, you claim to love the Lord, and you've never been to the ranch. Uh, and there's not really much to redeem uh, you tonight. I even wonder if you'll make it to heaven. I don't know um, if, of course, I'm being facetious, but just a little. We'd love to have you at the ranch. I hope you'll visit us. There are weeks for teens, weeks for juniors, weeks for the deaf, weeks for families in the summer at the ranch. In one of our multipurpose weeks, we have teenagers. We average 400 teens this summer, the same week 200 juniors we average, and the same week 15 to 25 deaf. They come the same week. Then we have three day camp weeks, and two weeks for families. And I'm I'm very biased, obviously, but it really is a great place, and it's wonderful how the Lord has continued to bless the ranch. Uh, we'll started a Christian school for college agers. Now we have a full fledged four year college. We have 38 students in that. We started out with 204 in our christian school there at the ranch and then we have in our camps at the ranch and west branch a little over four thousand every summer so we'd love to have you in that and i i hope you will we're just south of nashville and i hope you'll come let me quickly say something about books uh there are books back there from the ranch they don't belong to us they don't belong to will and cena uh, they belong to bill rice ranch and if you purchase one you will purchase it from the ranch. This is, this is a great book, Biblical Justice Warrior, about 150 pages, well written. It is about CRT and the biblical worldview of race, racism, and justice. This is a great book. It really is a good book, and it will help you to see how God's people should treat folks no matter when or where or how. It is an excellent book, and it answers a lot of legitimate questions and some questions that are not so legitimate. This book is $7. This is Will's New Devotional. This is First Light, Volume 2. You may have Volume 1. This has 352 devotions, one for each day of the year, and then about 10 for Christmas and five or six for the New Year. This book is $15. This is a great book. Um... You won't be able to see this, but here's one of the devotions. It starts right here and ends right here. Um, You can read it in about seven minutes. I live in Tennessee, and I can read one in 25 minutes. So you can get it done in seven minutes. This book is $15, this book is seven. So how much would the two of them be? No, 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 people, like Walmart. You don't spend money, you save money. And if you get both books, they're $20. Now, is that amazing or what? A savings of over $60. <laughs> it's funny. That works in Tennessee. It's not working so good here. Look, get to the book table. Um, um, I'm, I was challenged tonight to have people purchase books. So I'll stop by the book table and steal one if you have to, but just so I can say to Mary, look at this, the books are all gone, and (laughs) it'll be wonderful, so get one, okay? You got Colossians chapter 4. If you would, out of respect to the scriptures, let's just stand as we read. Would that be all right? Colossians chapter 4, we're going to start down in verse 7. So Colossians 4, verse 7, all my state shall us declare unto you who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord, whom I have sent to you, this is verse 6, for the same purpose that he might know your estate and comfort your hearts, with Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, They shall make known unto you all things which are done here, says the apostle. Verse 10, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you. And Marcus, sister's son to Barnabas. Father, help us tonight. Now, as we look at this, this is important. We know that because you have given it to us. So help us to see what you've said. Help us to understand it and help us to live in light of it when we leave this building tonight. We pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. You may be seated. Often when the apostle wrote to a church, he would send greetings from believers where he was to the believers to whom he was writing, and that's what we have here. And we have read tonight, Four names of men we don't know. Now you may know some of these. You could know all four of them, but generally speaking, godly people in a good church like First Baptist don't know these four men. Look down, if you would, again at verse seven. All my state says the apostle, "Sell Tychicus, declare unto you." Now look at his name. All my state sell Tychicus declare to you. You know, I, I've called this guy Tychius. Tychius. I've called him Antichius. His name is Tychicus. Look at it again. It's a little difficult. Tychicus. You got it? Now, if I said to you, you remember Tychicus? <laughs> remember that man of God who was used in the New Testament? We all we all know, revere, and love Tychicus. You would say, who? I never heard of Tychicus. We don't know the guy's name. Look in the next verse. This is uh, verse um, 8. Whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that he might know your estate, and cover your hearts with Onesimus. Now, there probably, I don't know this, but there probably are some people who are familiar with the name Onesimus. Onesimus comes from the book of Philemon. There was a wealthy man named Philemon, and Onesimus was his slave. And he ran away from Philemon, and when he did, he evidently took some things from Philemon's household. And he met an evangelist in Rome, and he was led to Christ. And when he was saved, he was sent back, and the apostle wrote a letter to his master. This is Philemon. And he said, of Onesimus, if he hath wronged thee, or oweth thee aught, put that on mine account. A wonderful illustration of what Jesus Christ did for us. It's a wonderful book, and one of the main characters in the book is Onesimus. But we don't know much about Onesimus, and some of us don't even know his name. My favorite in this group of four, as the next guy mentioned, verse 10, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you. Aristarchus, you remember Aristarchus, don't you? You remember the stories of Aristarchus and how he served God in the New Testament? We all, in fact, often, we've all heard Sunday school lessons on Aristarchus, have we not? You know, this is true, and I mean this. When I get to heaven, after I've seen the Lord Jesus, which will be immediate, and people whom I've known and loved, dad and mother and Betty and Kay and dear friends Gary, dear friends that I have in heaven, I'm going to look Aristarchus up. Now, I'm serious about this. You say, aren't you going to look up David? Not until I have seen Aristarchus. I have a genuine admiration for Aristarchus, and one of the reasons is because we don't know him. How many of you remember the story in Acts 27 of Paul's shipwreck? How how many remember that story? That's 80% of the people here. Did you know Aristarchus was on that ship? Uh, The writer, Luke, who also was on Paul's shipwreck, says, And when it was determined that we should sail, one Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica, and then he begins to tell. So Aristarchus was on the ship that was wrecked. Now, you and I have heard it called Paul's shipwreck. Have you ever heard anybody call it Aristarchus, however you say it, Aristarchus shipwreck? Have you ever heard that? Hey, remember Acts 27, Aristarchus shipwreck? No, no, it's Paul's shipwreck. Let me ask you a question. If you were the wife of are the son of, or the mother of, or the brother of Aristarchus, would you be calling it Paul's shipwreck? Wouldn't you say, you know, my brother, my husband, my son, my father was on that ship and his life was spared. Would you be hearing about Paul or would you be hearing about Aristarchus? Aristarchus was a man used of God and we learn much about him in Paul's shipwreck. Now, the fourth name here is in the 10th verse again, and his name is Marcus. you see it there? And Marcus. Now, I had to look this up because I wasn't sure I knew who Marcus was. You know who it is. It's John Mark. It's the Mark of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And uh, so he wrote one of the, the Gospels, often referred to as one of the four evangelists. I would say probably the least known of the four. We know about Matthew and is collecting money. We know about Luke, who was a physician. We certainly know about John the Beloved, do we not? Don't know a lot about Marcus, do we, or John Mark? of whom the great apostle once said no no i don't want him on this mission trip he's a quitter we don't want him thank god for barnabas barnabas recognized that god can use all kinds of people of all stripes and went to bat for john mark later the great apostle would find out that barnabas was right And he, the apostle, whose name is Paul, was wrong. That's John Mark. Now, here's the interesting thing to me about this. We don't know these guys. If I read this and said, you know, Tychius is one of my favorite men unknown in the Bible, you wouldn't be bothered. You wouldn't say, no, 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 no. His name is Tychicus. If I said Tychius, we'd all read over it and just go, yeah, yeah, sure. But suppose suppose I said, it is just wonderful to be here tonight with Brother Persons, the pastor of First Baptist Church. It's so good to see Brother Persons again. You, you wouldn't hear another thing I said tonight. You would say, his name is not Persons, it's Peterson. Wouldn't you do that? You'd say, don't you know his name, Brother Bill? He pastors the church, that's not his name. But you and I could slaughter the name of Tychicus, and think nothing about it. We don't know these guys. We don't know Aristarchus. We don't know John Mark. We don't know Onesimus. It is ironic that of these four, Onesimus may in fact be the best known. I don't know that he is, but he could be. We don't know their names. Number two, we don't know what they did even though information is given as the names are given in this passage. What did Tychicus do? We know John Mark wrote the gospel, but what, what did John Mark do except fail in a mission trip? What did John Mark do? What did Onesimus do? He was a slave. He returned, but what, what's the deal with Onesimus and Aristarchus? Give me a break. We don't have any idea of what Aristarchus did, even though information is given here in the Scripture. Now, this is wonderful to me. Look at this. Look back down at verse 7. The Bible says, All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you who is, that is, Tychicus, is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant. Now, it says of Tychicus, that is, a faithful minister, and a servant. What's the word minister mean? What's the word? We say he's the minister at the church. What does a minister do? He serves. A minister is a servant. Okay, right after saying he is a minister, it says he is a beloved servant. So obviously this guy, Tychicus, was a great servant. Now listen to me tonight. Not everybody leads but everybody serves. And this man was known for his service. Thank God for him. When you serve God faithfully and you get to heaven, you will hear, well done, thou good and faithful leader. Is that correct? No, no. Well done, thou good and faithful. Say it. This man was a servant. And when his name comes up in Colossians chapter 4, one of the things we learn about him is that he was a servant. I love what the Bible says about Onesimus. Will in verse 9, With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you. That, I don't use this word much, but let me use it, can I? That's precious. He says of this man, Onesimus, who was a slave. He was owned by another man, but he came to Christ and he came back and he said to the people at this church, he is one of you. If you were a slave, wouldn't that be a beautiful sentence to hear? Onesimus is one of you. My dad used to tell the story of a pastor in Washington, D.C., who preached on Sunday morning. And when he gave the invitation, a diplomat came forward to trust Christ as Savior. And a lady, who today we would call homeless—this was in the 30s—but a lady also came forward and was saved. And that pastor said, I think brilliantly, he said, "...the ground is wondrously level at the foot of the cross." Well, isn't that true? Listen, I don't care who you are. I don't care where you're from. I don't care what your background. I don't care what your intellect. I don't care what you've read. I don't care what you've accomplished. You're part of this church. I don't care. I don't care um, the color of your skin. I don't care the home of your raising. When you're a member First Baptist Church, you're just as much a part as the pastor is. Wonderful thing about Onesimus. He's not a slave. He's part of you. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Now, look at Aristarchus. This is my favorite. I've already mentioned that. The Bible says, of Aristarchus, my—well, you say the next word, okay? Aristarchus, my—okay, he was a fellow prisoner. Now, who wrote this? Who is the human author that wrote this? Okay, the great apostle Paul. The greatest Christian who ever lived is the apostle Paul. You don't know that. And it's pathetic when people say that. Was he a great man? Yes. Was he used of God? Yes. What do you mean he's greater than whoever else? What do you mean he's the greatest apostle? There is no indication of that anywhere in Scripture, except from Paul himself. He thought he was the greatest. He said, Christ died for me, who is um, not a sinner. Is that what he said? No, he said, Christ died for me, who is the chief of sinners. So the Bible says here of Aristarchus, he was a fellow prisoner of Paul. Now let's stop here for a second and think. Why was Paul a prisoner? Because he preached the gospel. Why did Paul go to Rome? Because he was to be taken there, to be judged and imprisoned. Is this right? Okay, same is true of Aristarchus. Why was Aristarchus on the ship with Paul? Because he was a fellow prisoner. He went just like Paul did. Why was he a prisoner? Now, I don't know specifically, but I would suggest he gave the gospel as well. Okay, so we just do backflips over the apostle Paul but we don't even take time to say thank you to a man like Aristarchus. Let me tell you something. He was a fellow prisoner of the Apostle Paul. He was in, no pun intended, the same boat as was the Apostle Paul. And then uh, we have John Mark. Now, we've already looked at John Mark. Uh, John Mark, while used of God wonderfully in writing the gospel of Mark, is not credited as—you've uh, you, never heard anybody say the great apostle, the great evangelist, the great writer wrote one of the most important books in the New Testament, probably one of the greatest Christians ever to live, uh, John Mark. You don't hear that about John Mark. You know Why? Because number one, we don't know these guys. We don't know who they are. And number two, we don't know what they did. Okay, can I review? Number one, we don't know these four men. We don't know their names. Number two, we don't know what they did. Number three, the Lord Jesus Christ knows both and always has. If you said, and I don't mean to be irreverent, if you said tonight of the Lord Jesus, were you in conversation with him? Uh, Lord Jesus, did you ever hear of Aristarchus? Now, I'm not being silly about this. He could tell you his name, his age on this planet, his birthplace, and everything he did. Everything he did. Same of all four of these men. Christ knew them, which brings me tonight to the truth that I want you to see. Look, why do we fear standing before the Lord Jesus? Now, don't misunderstand me. I understand that Christ is God, and therefore to be revered and worshiped. That's true, is it not? But you know, Uh, Standing in Christ's presence should be something all of us look forward to. And at the bema, sometimes called the judgment seat of Christ, it is something that, now listen to me, that God's people should look forward to and not dread. Have you ever heard this? You know, one day you're going to stand before God, you Christians out there, and there's going to be a screen just like this one over here, and it's going to show every foible in your life, every sin you've ever committed, every time you went to sleep in church. That alone will take 30 minutes just to show people at the judgment seat, and you're going to answer to God for things that you did. Listen, that is not only wrong, it is wicked for anybody to say that. The Bema is not about judging your sins. The Bema is about awards. So let me ask you a question. Do you think it would be a blessing to sit at the Bema and hear about Aristarchus? Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be wonderful to sit at the Bema and hear about Onesimus or Tychicus or John Mark? Wouldn't it be a blessing? Well, it could be a blessing to hear about you, too. See, we don't know them. We don't know their names. We don't know what they did. But Christ knows both. Now, sometimes when we say, listen, you have never in your life hidden anything from God. God knows everything about you. That is true. And I can understand it striking fear in one's heart. But if God knows all about you, he knows some things that he has done through you for which you may well be rewarded at a place like the Bema Sea. You know the word Bema, the whole ideas of the the, the Grecian games. And when somebody won something, he won in uh, weightlifting or running or whatever, he was given a ribbon or he was given an award or he was given a crown. And those are offered to us as well. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4, would you? I picked on the Apostle Paul a little bit tonight. Um, I'm I'm going to <laughs> pick on him a little more, all right? 2 Timothy chapter 4. And let's start reading, uh, let's start reading in verse 6. You got it? This is a familiar passage. The Apostle says, For I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. I've fought a good fight, I've finished my course, I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid it for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give unto me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all of them that love his appearing. Okay. Is the Apostle Paul going to get a crown at the Bema, yes or no? Okay. What does he say the apostle Paul about his life and what does he not say let's start with what he doesn't say you ready for this okay he does not say did you know i wrote romans first and second corinthians galatians ephesians philippians colossians first and second thessalonians titus and maybe hebrews i wrote all these books did you know that does it say that at the bema does it say, we're going to stand in awe of the greatest Christian who ever lived because he wrote most of the New Testament? Does it say that? Yes or no? No. What does it say? He says, I've fought a good fight. I've finished my, my course. I've kept the faith. Now, let me ask you a question and be honest with yourself. Fought a good fight. What does that mean? It means he just kept at it. Now, we live in a world where you have to fight the flesh, sin, and the devil. Is that not true? Okay, well, just keep at it. You know, don't you thank God for people who just stay at it? Just keep at it? Uh, uh, My dad used to say, if I die in a river by drowning, I want them to look for my body upstream. (laughs) Are you following this? Okay, it means he, he may have died, but he, he sure did put up a good fight. So did the Apostle Paul. What did he fight? Well, you could look through uh, the epistles and find many things, but the point is he fought, and you need to, too, and you can. Now, for example, I, I, I can't take the time to get into this, but the idea of the home, you can fight what the world is saying. The idea of the wife and the husband. Oh, the wife doesn't have to be uh, obedient to the husband because they are equal. Well, of course they're equal, but they're different, and, and, and you, you just need to fight that. Um, I think it was Brother Rick who said, uh, it may have been Pastor who said yesterday, you know, we've had a lot of kids come to the school because they're, they're, they're sick and tired of the woke teaching in the public school. Well, I'm sick and tired of it too, and I started it in about 1968. I'm, I'm serious about this, people, and I know this is mean. I can see no reason for God's people having their kid being taught by the worldly, wicked philosophies of public education. I don't hate public school teachers, but I hate the system and you and I ought fight it. We should not have anything in the world to do with it, period. So I thought, let me ask you a question. Could you fight? I mean, you, you might say, well, I'm not really a fighter. That's not the issue. You may not be, but couldn't you fight? Couldn't you fight for the right thing? That's what the Apostle Paul did. He's getting a crown because he was looking forward to seeing the Lord Jesus he wasn't ashamed of seeing Christ. I know you can be, but he wasn't ashamed. He was looking forward and he was getting a crown for it. Then he says, um, I've kept the faith. This is not the order, but I've kept the faith. Now that simply means what the Bible teaches, what I believed in, I've kept that. So I've kept the true salvation by grace through faith. I've kept the truths of the local church. I've kept the truths of hiding the Bible in my heart. I have kept the faith. And then number three, he says, I finished my course. Two things about this. He finished, and number two, it was his course, not mine. Okay, let me ask you a question. Um, Do you respect and love Pastor Peterson? Please say yes. yes. Okay, yes. All right. All right. Has Pastor Peterson written any part of the Bible? Yes or no? No. No. Okay. Did Paul write parts of the Bible? Yes or no? Okay. How come Paul wrote a lot of the Bible and Pastor Peterson has written none of it? And you think he's a great man? Why has he written none of the Bible? Okay. Paul wrote the Bible because God told Paul to write it. Are you with me? Pastor Peterson did not write any part of the Bible because God told him not to. So I would say the important truth of the Apostle Paul is he was obedient. Couldn't I say that about Pastor Peterson? Same truth. See, it's not that he wrote the Bible, it's that he did what he was supposed to do. Um, Somebody says, um, have you ever considered being an evangelist? getting a truck and a trailer and traveling in Florida in the months of January and February <laughs> if you're really intelligent. Have you ever considered this? And you think, wow, that's, that's what I'd like to do, be in Florida in January and February, forgetting the fact that you live here. I'd like to be there with a truck and a trailer. Why not do what God wants you to do? Now, if God wants you to be an evangelist, I'm all for it. And by the way, it has very little to do with a truck and a trailer or even Florida in the winter. The word evangelist means a preacher of the gospel. So if God calls you to that, that's fine. But what if he didn't? If God wants you to pastor, have at it. If he didn't call you, stay away from it. If God wants you to be a deacon, praise the Lord. If he he doesn't want you to be a deacon, you know, I've never been a deacon. Did you know this? I don't understand why this is true. Uh, I've been a member of three churches. I've never been a deacon. My son is a deacon in my church. You know what I am in my church? A member. (laughs) That's it. I'm not a deacon. Now, why, I would like to ask, am I not a deacon? Well, part of the reason is because I've got a pastor who's smart. That's, That's one of the reasons. And the other is, honestly, the Lord's not led that way. Can't that be true of all of us? You don't have to say, that's why I am offended by this greatest Christian junk. What do you mean, greatest Christian? Did God call you to live just after the time of Christ? No, I don't think so. Did He put you on this earth just like He put Paul on this earth? Yes, He did. Can you run your race and finish your course? just like Paul ran his and finished his. Don't compare me to the Apostle Paul. Somebody says, well, Bill, you're not nearly as smart as the Apostle Paul. I know that. You haven't written as much as... I know that. I am married. I don't know if Paul was. I don't think he was. Um, I, I enjoy uh, marriage. I'm, I'm doing fine. I would think the Apostle Paul would say, boy, I wish I could be like Bill Rice. <laughs> but you know what the Apostle Paul said? He said, you know, if we, if we compare ourselves with ourselves, we are not wise. You're not supposed to do what pastor does. You're supposed to do what you do. And if you don't do what you do, then the church won't be what it should be. You know, I've been amazed, um, and it's okay, it doesn't bother me, but I've been amazed about how much has been Um, for public consumption on Patrick Mahomes, who was the winning quarterback with the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, which I didn't see because I went to church. (laughs) No, I didn't want to, but I had to. I was preaching. Okay, so... (laughs) How good a quarterback would Patrick Mahomes be if you didn't have any whiteouts? If you didn't have a tight end if you didn't have a line that protected you so you could throw the ball or run around. Now, I, I, I would be the first to say, I think the guy's got a lot of talent, but you know, no person won the Super Bowl a team did. So we say, you know, the most important person on a baseball team is the pitcher. Oh, could a pitcher win a game without a catcher or a shortstop? Right, some of you ladies are going, what is he talking about? I don't know. All right, but you get the idea. All right, you're supposed to do what you're supposed to do, and if you'll do what you're supposed to do, and Pastor Peterson will do what God's called him to do, then God can bless the church. But don't sit around saying, you know, I, I just, I just, oh, I'm going to stand before God, and he's going to say, well, did you do it? And I'm going to say, what am I, I'm not, oh, it's just going to be terrible. Why does it have to be Terrible. Well, you say, because uh, even after salvation, I've sinned. Well, I know that. Isn't there a, a remedy for that? If we say we do no sin, we deceive ourselves, and his truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You don't have to go to the Bema with sin on your back. And that's fellowship anyway. Let me tell you something. Every sin you have ever committed, if you're born again, was paid for before you were ever born physically, much less spiritually. And it is an affront to the work of Christ on Calvary to think that I'm going to face my sin at the Bema. Well, somebody says, yeah, but you know, just not getting crowns, that's, that disappointment going to be like punishment. Are you kidding me? Disappointment is terrible, I understand that, but it is not punishment. Punishment is not meted out when you stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. Awards are. So could you be finishing your course like the apostle? Could you run a good race? Could you fight a good fight? See, could you keep the faith? Well, sure you could. Everybody in this room could. Well, then let's get at it. Let's get at it. You say, well, I... I'm, I don't have the background. That's not the point. What kind of background did Paul have? It was pathetic, people. He had to undo everything so he could do what was right. Look, you can serve God and you should. You don't have to fear meeting the Lord Jesus. What a joyous time it must be. My sister Betty went home to be with the Lord this summer. So did my brother who was adopted, Ronnie. They were both deaf. I was overwhelmed by what it must have been like when Betty walked into heaven. Can you imagine what that's like? Somebody says, she heard for the first time. Well, that's true, but that's not what stirs my heart. My sister has seen the Lord Jesus himself I've heard about Jesus Christ all my life. i preached about Jesus Christ since I was 17. I have never seen him. Never. You haven't either. But I will. Why should I dread that? I'm going to walk in or be ushered in or carried by angels into heaven, and the Lord Jesus will know me far better than you do. He died for me. He loves me. And heaven's going to be great. Well, you say, my mansion may be a little smaller than somebody else's. You won't even notice. You won't care about it. You know, heaven is as much a person as it is a place. The apostle wrote and said, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So don't dread seeing Jesus Christ. Look forward to it. And when you look forward to it, you're guaranteed at least one crown. See, uh, the apostle says um, I'll, I'll get the crown of righteousness and not me only but all of them who love his appearing that's Christ appearing well I can be in that group can't you so let's ask God to put us in it and let's uh, let's, uh, let's serve the Lord you a servant so is Tychicus you a slave so is Onesimus You a no-name, so is Aristarchus. You ever been thought a failure? So is John Mark. And the Lord Jesus knows all that. He knows every bit of it. And if I can say this without being irreverent, it's no big deal. You're the one for whom he died, and he provides for you what you need to have so that you can look forward To your meeting for him and not be ashamed if there's sin in your life then take care of it do it tonight ask God's forgiveness he'll forgive you of it your fellowship can be restored if you haven't fought like you should then get at it if you're not finishing your course then start finishing it keep the faith just like what's the guy's name The Apostle Paul, let's bow for prayer. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Um, I'm going to ask Dr. Peterson to stand with me, if you would, and I'm not going to point anybody out. You know this. I'm not here to embarrass anybody, but I would like to ask the Lord to help us um, to do business with God. We won't have any music for a few moments And let me just ask this question. I wonder if you're here, Bill, uh, you'd say, Brother Bill, I'm here tonight, and you know, when I think of meeting the Lord Jesus and standing at the Bema or the Judgment Seat of Christ, I've often been fearful. Now you'd say, Bill, I know I'm not perfect. I know I'm not all I should be or all I want to be, but I can see tonight a way to looking forward to meeting the Lord Jesus Christ himself. When I see him and the nail prints in his hands, I'll know that my sins were taken care of once and for all. And I'm just as deserving of heaven, not because of what I've done, but because of what Christ did for me. So he'd say, you know, I've been thinking tonight, though, as we looked at the scriptures, God spoke to my heart about keeping the faith or fighting the good fight or finishing my course. Now, those are the three things the apostle mentioned. So let's take those three, and let's start with keeping the faith. I wonder if you'd say, you know, the things I I know and I believe and I've seen in the scriptures, and I just need to be careful to keep them, and I've been a little lax of late, but I I want tonight, I want to say, dear Lord, I'm keeping the faith. God's spoken to me about that. Would you slip a hand up where you're seated? Yes, God bless you. All right. How many people here would say... um, I need to fight a good fight there are things in my job in my family in uh, my state in my nation I just there are things I need just to stand up against or stand up for and God spoke to me about that tonight and I want to fight a good fight and you'd say pray with me about that would you would you slip your hand up wonderful wonderful okay now how many people here would say it's not these two things, but I, I'm i not working on finishing my course. Now, nobody knows when the finish comes, but the apostle knew that his time of departure was at hand, and he said, I'd finish my course. And you'd say, I want to be faithful, and I want to be faithful to the end, whatever that is, whenever it comes. And God's dealt with me about that tonight. Would you slip a hand up? Wonderful. Okay, now one more thing. This one's a little... A, a little difficult. I wonder if you're here tonight, you know, say, you'd know, you say, Bill, you know, my fellowship with God is not what it should be because sin has separated me from God's loving fellowship. Now, I don't know what the sin is. I don't need to know. None of that is any of my business, but you'd say, you know, confessing sin means agreeing with God about it. So you'd say, um, I've, I've done some things or I'm doing some things that by God's standard, it would be sinful. And I just want to ask God's forgiveness tonight, and I want to receive his cleansing tonight for sin in my life. And you'd say, pray with me about that. Would you slip a hand up where you're seated? God bless you, and God bless you. Yes, praise God. Any others? Yes, God bless you. All right, anybody else? Anybody? Yes, God bless you. Well, yes, well, Lord bless you. Okay, any others? Any others at all? Yes, God bless you, and God bless you. Well, praise the Lord. Okay, Uh, one last call. Anybody else, sir? Just some sin. I need to ask God's forgiveness for, and I want to tonight, and you'd say, uh, I don't mind if you know it, Pastor Peterson and Brother Bill. God bless you, sir. Last call. Anybody else at all? Okay, everybody, look right this way. Look right this way, would you? Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to bow for prayer, and if God spoke to your heart, I'd like to ask you to pray. You don't need to pray out loud. And while we could ask you to come to the front and shake the pastor's hand and pray, and that would be good, I'm not going to ask you to do that, all right? Let's do it this way. We're going to bow for prayer, and if you'd like to pray, and you're going to pray, I want to, I want to finish my course, I want to keep the faith, I want to fight the good fight, or I just need to deal with sin, whatever it is. And it's between you and the Lord. And I want you to pray about it. And here's what we'll do. We'll bow together. And if you're going to pray, I'm I'm going to ask you to stand. Just stand right where you are. Now, it'll be after we bow for prayer. And then uh, I'm going to pray briefly, real briefly. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray. And then you pray. Now, if it's God, help me finish my course. God, help me to fight my fight. Help me, Lord, to be true to the faith, or, Lord, forgive me of this sin. I want cleansing. You, you understand, right? Then you just ask God's help. When you're finished praying, you be seated. Doesn't have to be a long prayer. Just Whatever God's dealt with you about tonight, you pray about it. When you're finished, you be seated. When you stand, I'm going to tell people you're standing and properly how many are standing, and then we'll just be quiet. We're not going to have any music or anything. We'll just be quiet for a few moments. You pray. When you're finished praying, you be seated. When the last person's been seated, pastor will come and close the service. Make sense? All right. Let's bow together. Now, if you're going to pray, our heads are bowed. Would you just stand to your feet right now where you are? Just stand to your feet. There's 17. Any others? Okay, Father, you know hearts. These people are going to come to you tonight with what you've burdened them about and ask your help. And we know you'll give it. We pray this in Christ's name. Our heads are bowed. You go ahead and pray. When you're finished, you just be seated. Amen. Pastor...